Welcome to the Canadian Football Countdown. I'm Ryan Coop here alongside Adam Stewart and Trey Colbeck. Welcome one and all to our live week nine CFL preview show. Can you believe it? Week number nine is here already. Uh, tonight we're going to go through and preview each of the four games on the schedule, talk some CFL fantasy, the top options available there, and make our picks against the spread at the end here as well. Of course, we'll take your comments and questions in the live chat throughout the night as well, over on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, uh, and the Game Time TV YouTube page, all made possible by our presenting sponsor, Game Time TV. Learn more at facebook.com slash Game Time TV MB. Welcome everybody listening live. Welcome everybody listening after the fact as well. Uh, before I bring in the rest of our panel here this evening, I do want to mention we are a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. And as always, want to acknowledge that the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you from Treaty One Territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe Cree, Ocha Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Metis Nation as well as from Treaty 4 territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. Now let's bring in the rest of our panel here this evening. First, let's start uh, with the guy on the other end of the video panel here from me. It's the great Trey Colbeck. Trey, how are you doing tonight? Pretty good. Ready to talk some football. Um, yeah, I'm trying to not wear the bomber hat, you know, uh, little i don't know i want to say superstitious but when you start getting on a win streak you kind of kind of have to turn around and throw the salt over your shoulder but i'm sure we'll talk about it and i'm sure adam will have a bunch of reasons why the bombers aren't gonna win this weekend but uh looking forward to it awesome yes happy to have you here happy to have we've got a couple people already piping in in the chat saying hello hello to all of you here as well and joining us in the middle uh, is the great adam stewart who uh oh there's your camera how are you guys today for those listening to the audio feed, Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan Adam here has traded in his hat for a CFL hat, a generic CFL hat here, Adam. What's what's going on with this? Well, hey, I mean, let's face it. If you wear the green hat, you seem to get the target of uh, of just just terrible, terrible, terrible things. <laughs> and Mike, Mike and Ron Trey were just so horrible last week to me. I just don't know what to do. No, I'm all kidding. You know what? It's all fun. It's all for fun and games. And uh, no, excited to be back here tonight. And uh, don't worry. I'll find some time to pick on Mike a little bit too. <laughs> uh, Chris in the chat asks, is that an official ref's hat? Or are you uh, are you uh, submitting your application to join the uh, the officiating crews, Adam? Chris, any more questions like that? I'm going to have to call an objectionable conduct. This will be a personal penalty, a 15-yarder, and an automatic first down. I think I think you've got a good audition going here, Adam. Uh, <laughs> yes, happy to have you back. Uh, of course, if you missed it, go back, check out our Week 8 recap uh, from Monday night. We had a lot of fun. Uh, Trey, myself, and Michael Garrell, who's not here this evening, uh, talking through everything from Week 8. But we're here to talk about Week number 9. We'll get into that here right away with the storylines. But first, I do want to mention uh, the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you in part by BetStamp. Uh, BetStamp uh, is a free app that helps you find the best odds for your online betting wagers. You can learn more at BetStamp.app uh, and use referral code CFC. The link to that is in the description. And stay tuned for our betting segment later on in the show where we make our picks for this week. I think there are going to be some interesting ones. I'm warning you all right now for that. But let's talk storylines here first this evening. Uh, Adam, what do we got for game number one this week? 
And you know, we got uh, the Montreal Alouettes hosting the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in Thursday night football this week. Of course, uh, one real big story that came up here uh, a little bit midway through the week with the Montreal Alouettes. And I mean, to me, it's a bit of a shocker, but not really. They're introducing a $90 poutine with three p uh, three things. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Three things of poutine for uh, three people. Uh, plus, you get to kick the helmet home. Uh, first of all, guys, for marketing, what do you think of this one, Trey? Absolutely love it. And uh, I'll wait in line all game to get one if the Bombers have the same thing. I haven't tried the Wallby burger yet. That looks a little too much for me. But I would definitely have a big helmet of poutine. I love poutine. Especially if they put some bacon or add some little bit of extra toppings in there. Oh, man, it'd be great. Ryan? Yeah, I don't know if spending 90 bucks on this is a smart financial decision for myself. It almost seems like betting the farm on uh, something here you're spending. Uh, no, I, uh, but I think it's flipping cool. I, I would love to uh, I would love to try poutine out of a helmet. I've honestly never tried it before. Now I'm considering my life's choices that I haven't up until this point. Like, why do I just not have a helmet at home and fill it with poutine on the regular? Uh, now I would, uh, kind of like to do that. So it seems, it seems like a, uh, a cool idea. It's a unique food item. Hey, if it brings in some dollars for the CFL, if it brings people to the stadium to try it, I'm all in. You know, all they need is Joey Chestnut over there and beating out of a Montreal Alouettes helmet, I guess. I, I know Richard in the chat is saying, well, that looks like a heart attack. And, uh, you know what? Yeah, I, I know, Richard, you're a BC Lions fan, and I know for a fact that BC has a very similar system, uh, a burger, I believe, uh, that's kind of on their side of the things. I can't remember what exactly it was called. Uh, make sure you mention in the chat. Uh, like uh, Trey said, uh, Winnipeg also has their burger. It's the Wolby Special. Uh, that one is just insane. And then, of course, if you come to Saskatchewan, there's one as well there. Uh, the Dirty Old Lineman, it's a two-foot harvest hot dog, which is great. Uh, nevertheless, uh, if you think of any more in the chat, by all means, mention them in. I'll bring them up later on. But getting to the games here this weekend, uh, of course, uh, Montreal is probably the uh, extreme, extreme underdog in this game, uh, considering they're playing an 8-0 Winnipeg Blue Bomber squad. However, Gary Stern has it in there. And, of course, he has to go and start talking and saying, I think that this Blue our Montreal Alouettes team, they have all the pieces in place. They're going to win this game. Guys, is there really even a chance for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to win this? I'm Winnipeg Blue, the Montreal Alouettes, I'm sorry, to win this game. Uh, and if so, how do they do it, Ryan? I just want to say I admire Gary Stern for coming up with a different way to go out and guarantee a win for his team every single week. Because one of these times it might actually work. Uh, because I feel like it never does when he guarantees it. But the guy's got heart. He's got, uh, you know, a fun attitude towards it. I love it. Gary Stern is a great follow on Twitter. Uh, he's a great guy for this league. And, uh, uh, well, uh, guaranteeing a victory against an 8-0 football club uh, seems like a tall task. And I found saw a lot of people making a big deal about this. And I feel like you can just copy and paste a lot of our discussion from Monday night on Bo Levi Mitchell's comments about uh, facing the Bombers in a couple weeks. Uh, because, uh, again, you know, is it bulletin board material put for the, the guys in the locker room? Yeah, probably is a little bit. Is it a little bit blown out of proportion by the entire fan base? 
Yeah, I think it is. But generally everything when it comes to any sort of fandom about anything is blown out of proportion. So, you know, what, what is the guy going to say? Yeah, we're probably going to lose. Like, no, he's going to guarantee a win for his club. Why not? Uh, Trey, how do you feel about this? No, I agree. What, what, what else is he going to say? Right? Like, He's either going to be an owner that doesn't say anything. He's not going to like post up there and say, yeah, I think we're going to lose up. But again, I do, I do think that I was talking about it on Monday. I think that there's one team you don't want to give bulletin board material to. It might be the bombers, right? There ain't no, and they still somehow play with a chip on their shoulder. Cause a lot of people call it a lucky eight. No, but you know, you asked the question was what does Montreal have to do? Well, somehow they got to slow down that offense that somehow is, heating up and they got to pick apart that defense that doesn't get picked apart very easily. So I'm sure Montreal can do it. And in the nine team league, we see parody all the time. And I don't really think the bombers are going to go 18 and Oh, but you never know. They might. And uh, this could be the loss. One of the losses in the next two weeks, right? They have a home and home with Montreal. So, you know, could be this week. I, I don't want to say it's a trap, but you know, it could be close. You know, I was looking at this game here, and I don't really know how much of this is really bulletin board material. I mean, an owner saying that his team is going to win? I mean, what do you expect from Gary Stern? Uh, man loves his Montreal Alouettes. He's excited to introduce a new thing on the menu this week. And he's ready to go and wants to be show that his team is one of the ones that should be watched. Uh, you beat the Big Blue Bombers, you're definitely going to be a team to watch. So good on him for saying it. I think it's more of Winnipeg fans kind of stirring this, the stirring the pot up a little bit when there's only water in the uh, drink. Uh, kind of different, not quite my thing there for that. Uh, another thing that was done earlier uh, today, I believe it was, Vernon Adams uh, has been placed on the six-game injured list. Uh, Elbow-related uh, injury, apparently they uh, has a very sore elbow. Is this an elbow injury or is this just them kind of trying to save some cap a little bit for uh, potentially uh, their new offensive lineman that they uh, signed up last week? Uh, Trey? Yeah, I, I'm going to say that. Like maybe, you know, it's football. I'm sure Adams has some kind of injury at some sort, but it's a little bit of both. Why risk the guy? You know, he's not going to go out there and do the third and shorts probably. So, you know it's probably save the arm and hopefully get some trade value or salary, like something, something along those lines. It looks like it's going to be um, Trevor Harris's team for this foreseeable future. We know in the CFL, you need two reliable quarterbacks to have any shot of winning um, or you have to have a guy who's invincible and never goes down. Right. Which is pretty uncommon. So I, I, I think it's Montreal just, they're playing the long game a little bit more, a little Tampa Bay lightning, maybe, you know, let's see. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let's see what we can do here. And uh, I know Ryan's going to like that one. So yeah, uh, that's what I think they're doing. Ryan. Yeah. The cap circumvention special. That's what we're known for uh, with the Tampa Bay lightning. Uh, it's completely valid despite what people try to tell me. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, like Vernon Adams was placed on the one game injured list last week. I think it was before that game. Now he moves to the sixth game. I, I think it's quite possible. The injury is not severe, but some, there is, you know, some sort of lingering injury. And like you said, they're probably, you know, moving him to that to, to use the cap. Trevor Harris is their guy and they're, they're going to stick with him and, Looks like he's back on the depth chart this week after leaving the uh, end of last game where Dom Davis had to come at, in at the end. I know we talked about that quite a bit, but uh, looks like <laughs> Trey throws the hat again. Um, yeah, well, looks like he's fine. He's ready to go. So, uh, again, yeah, Trevor Harris's team going forward here. 
Yeah, I'm just a little bit worried if they that you're right, Ryan. If actually something does happen this time to Trevor Harris, is Dominic Davis really the guy you want to bring in there? Uh, he's been in the CFL a little while, but I mean, has not really proven a whole lot in the CFL other than a one-yard touchdown plunge, which he seems to be pretty good at. Uh, so to me, I think this is maybe a little bit of a mistake still on the on the Montreal Alouettes, but that remains to be seen. Uh, another thing to talk about, of course, in Winnipeg is the Dalton Schoen show. Uh, the guy has absolutely produced all season. He's got piles of touchdowns already for the Alouettes. Great. It uh, seems to be uh, really have good chemistry with Zach Kalaros. Uh, let's just talk a quick little bit about the uh, Bombers offense. Uh, Ryan? Yeah, I think I alluded to this, but I don't know if I finished the point off on Monday night that uh, with Jake Winicky, uh, convenient that we're matching up here, with Jake Winicky struggling in Montreal, there's a new Jake Winicky in the league, and I think it's Dalton Schoen. This guy has been money so far. You know, he's played, what, eight games so far this season. I think he's got five, six touchdowns on it like that in his first games in the CFL. It seems like he's good for almost a touchdown a game. And to me, this is almost unheard of to have a guy come into the league first year, know nothing about him coming in. Looks like he's having a decent training camp. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's the number one receiver. Like Greg Ellingson, I think, is out again this week. So uh, you're looking at Nick Dembski, had a good game last week. Dalton Schoen, those are kind of your top two guys right now. And uh, very impressive. And, you know, it's interesting because I want to give a shout out to uh, last Friday, we had a special episode come out. Uh, I got to talk with Brandon Sanders, who uh, covers college fantasy football. And one of the guys we talked about was Dalton Schoen, who at the college level didn't put up a ton of great numbers. And that's not because he's a bad receiver. It's because he didn't, uh, he played in a system that ran the ball a lot and didn't use him in the passing game very much. So, you know, you find these diamonds in the rough and he's become an integral part of that offense. But all eyes, I think, are on the run game this week uh, for Winnipeg. Uh, right, Trey? No, I agree. And you took what I was going to say. I was going to have a call back to that episode with Brandon because I think that's even crazier. Dalton Schoen's showing something that he didn't even really show in college because he never had the opportunity to, right? And big field, uh, different, like slightly different rules, I believe. Yeah, he's the slot back, so he gets the nice running start, you know. Sure, that helps out a lot for some of those American guys who are used to starting um, standing still. Yeah, the run game. This is a game I think uh, they better run the ball. I don't think this is one where uh, you can rely too much on Caleros. You might need to run the ball, own the clock a little bit, take the ball away from Trevor Harris and that off, off Montreal offense that can put up some points. And, um, yeah, I want to see them mix it up. You know, I know they went with Oliveira a lot last week, but you have a good guy in Augustine there too. And McCray, you got Dembski back. Uh you got Grant out there. You got sweeps. You got, you know, pitches. You got a lot of things going on. It should be a, a run-heavy team. But I've been saying that for eight weeks, and it took them to last week to listen. You know, it'll be interesting to see how that run game works, especially with Montreal getting back Chris Akey. Uh, it looks like he's going to be coming off the six-game injury list to start playing in this one. Another good linebacker that's going to be available for the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, injuries of note, uh, Chandler Worthy will be out for the Montreal Alouettes this game. Uh, has had a little bit of a uh, ankle injury, so he'll be out uh, as well. Uh, sounds like, uh, I think we talked about Vernon Adams Jr., but uh, Jackson Jeffcoat, it sounds like he's ready to go this week for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, so that's a big piece for the Bombers. Uh, out for today this weekend, though, uh, Greg Ellingson is questionable. 
I'm predicting he's probably going to sit one more week. Um, I don't think he's on the depth chart for this week. He isn't on the chart? Okay. So if he's not on the chart this time, then yeah, he'll be out for this game as well. I'm just taking a look quickly at the CFL uh, injury report. And of course, Mike O'Shea helping everybody that makes bets in games puts every player down as doubtful. Uh, guys, what are the two matchups? Uh, are the matchups that you're looking for between these two teams, right? The big thing for me is Trevor Harris does not have a recent great track record against the Bombers. The Bombers ate him alive in his games, granted with Edmonton last season before he got traded. Uh, you've got that formidable defensive line, which has uh, had some good days, had some bad days this season. Uh, going up against Trevor Harris, who I still think is one of the least mobile quarterbacks in the CFL. Uh, so Harris is going to have to get that ball off quick, and I think it's going to come down to that matchup of the defensive line and, and if they can get pressure on him. Uh, Trey? I have nothing else to add. I think Willie Jefferson's going to be hungry, and he's not going to eat that poutine. He's going to eat Trevor Harris all all night long. And same with Jeffco, right? I think, like you said, he's not a running quarterback. Um yeah, I think this is one of those games where maybe, like, I think Vernon Adams would have a different dynamic and he's more running. He might be a guy who's able to get out. Jefferson and Jeff Coder are beasts, but they're not exactly uh, have 99 speed overalls either, right? So get out and that that could be the game plan, but they're not going to do that. So, yeah, I think uh, you got to take away every option and the Blue Bomber secondary usually does that. And, yeah, like I said, they're not going to be eating poutine. They might be eating Trevor Harris. Well, let's face it, anytime you go to Montreal, you're supposed to get a Montreal smoked meat sandwich. Let's just hope that Willie Jefferson and Jeff, Jackson Jeffcoat aren't eating it on the field, uh, and namely that being Trevor Harris, because, yeah, I think that's the matchup too. Uh, Trevor Harris is not very good against the run defense or the pass defense uh, of probably the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. It never has been very good against it, and it looks like he could be in for a long night here in Montreal. Uh, moving on to the next game, uh, we've got the uh, Calgary Stampeders. Uh, they are traveling out to Ottawa to take on the Ottawa Red Blacks. I think the biggest one in this one, it, uh, I didn't say the Blue Bomber game was going to be a trap game. This one here, you may want to pay attention to. The Ottawa Red Blacks have something about that they just like to beat up on the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, Ryan, you want to go further on that? Yeah, you took that right out of my mouth. That was uh, what I was going to bring up over here. We're all on it. We're very in sync today. I love this. Uh, I'm sure we'll disagree as the show goes along. But uh, yeah, I Except took a look. The football teams that we enjoy. <laughs> Not, none of us enjoy the Saskatchewan Rough Riders right now. You included, Adam. Fair point. <laughs> uh, we all have that, at least. Um, yeah, you know... Calgary and Ottawa, I actually took a look back at all of their games since Ottawa came into the league uh, this week. I took back a, a look back at the track records. Calgary, to their credit, has won most of them, but there have been some weird ones. I think there's been like three or four overtime games between these teams. Actually, fun story, a couple seasons ago, I want to say it was 2018. I'm actually, week one of the season, finished first place overall in CFL Pick'em and won tickets to a game. Because I was one of very few people who took Dominic Davis and the Ottawa Red Blacks to beat the Calgary Stampeders and went 4-0 that week. And it's for the same reason that it seems like Calgary has these trap games every once in a while against teams like Ottawa and Montreal, especially on the road. And, you know, Ottawa coming off their first win here, I think, has a chance to gain some momentum. While Calgary, very good team, lost twice to the team that's undefeated now. 
you know, a strong game here can really show that they're they're the upper echelon here. Uh, what do you think of this one, Trey? Is it a trap game? I I want to plead the fifth. I'm no longer going to say anything bad about Bo Levi. Uh, I think Calgary is going to win this one, and I really can't say anything else, guys. I'm just, I can't. <laughs> Well, you know what, I guess since uh, Trey's uh, pleading the fifth, I better go and say something on this one. Yeah, I picked Will Levi in my weekly rankings. This is one of those games where I might be tempted to put uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson over top of uh, Bo Levi-Mitchell. Just because if you take a look at the uh, statistics in this game, who would you think would have the most yards uh, pass or average yards passing per game in a game? It, usually you'd think it would be Bo Levi-Mitchell. I mean, Ottawa can't be that great at Ottawa has more yards passing than the Calgary Stampeders do right now. Uh, rushing yards, yeah, they've got Kadeem Carey, and Kadeem Carey has been very, very good so far this season. Uh, however, William Powell is also one of those guys, when he was with Saskatchewan, had pretty good games against the Calgary Stampeders. So to me, this is just shaping up to be a classic game where in the end we're going to be yelling, it's a trap. Let's see what happens here, but it'll be very interesting to see what goes on. Uh, over in the Ottawa sidelines, I think you guys alluded to it uh, last week, uh, or on Monday, actually, sorry. Uh, Nick Arbuckle just can't catch a break, Kenny. I mean, Caleb Evan goes, comes in, and has been playing decent enough to keep the job. I would imagine that he's probably going to be the starter again this week. Uh, what does Caleb Evans have to do to keep this momentum going for the Ottawa Redblacks? Uh, Trey? Yeah, he needs to keep playing unreal. Like, he's been playing pretty good. He's been my kind of my ace in my pocket on fantasy the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, I hope he does it again for, for that. Um, again, it's just tough. I've been I've been crapping on Bo all since the preseason. And, you know, he's 4-2, and two and he could be undefeated if it wasn't for the blue pesky Blue Bombers, right? So, it's really tough. This, this could be a gunslinger game if... Uh, this will be one of those games maybe you want Dunnigan being the color guy because he'll go gunslinger for like three hours long, right, and and all that. Because that, that, that's very well what this game could be, and I think it's going to come down to the defense. So I think the real question is which defense is better, and I lean a little bit more towards Calgary. And But, you know, Ottawa, like Ryan, or I guess like you guys both said, these teams have weird games. They've had a couple weird great cups. They've had some overtimes. It, it could be an interesting one, the battle of the red-black teams, right, Ryan? Yeah, I'm very excited for this game. I'm I'm all in on on Caleb Evans right now. Like uh, as much as I hype up Nathan Rourke, like I'm intrigued to watch Ottawa Red Blacks games uh, because I want to see how he's out there performing. I want to see how he's developing because he has impressed the heck out of me the last three weeks uh, since taking over the starter. Maybe it's been longer than that, um, but he's done very well. Yes, they only picked up one win. But again, this is a team with Ottawa that is an entirely new team on paper this season. Nobody could have expected them to go out and win their first five games of the year. Yeah, I expected them to win more than zero up until this past week. But I, I much like I say with Edmonton always, I think Ottawa is a team that just needs time to gel on paper. They got the win. Maybe they got some momentum now. But they did that last season, too, with some wins over Edmonton and then bounced back to the same old Ottawa. So to me, the big question in this one is how do they rally off of the win uh, in what is a very tough matchup against Calgary here? 
Absolutely. I just, I'm not sure exactly uh, what Caleb Evans needs to do to really succeed in this game. Uh, I think one thing though for the whole team of Ottawa would be to be uh, managing the football very well. Uh, Calgary is one of those teams that can force fumbles and interceptions pretty easily if they get the opportunity, uh, especially when you got a linebacker in the backfield that really likes to uh, pick off uh uh, pick off a, a quarterback and move around in the back with Cameron Judge there. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens exactly here. Uh, and uh, yeah, with that being said, uh, I know I'm I'm freezing up here. That's why I'm kind of looking back and forth and wondering what's going on. Uh, nevertheless, I think the other part that we got to look at on this side here is Ottawa's defensive line has been uh, actually producing way more sacks than the uh, Calgary def uh, defensive line. Uh, 2.7 sacks per game for Ottawa versus 2.1 for the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, is this something that Calgary really needs to be concerned about, or can they just adjust this by throwing a Kadeem carry out there? Uh, Trey? Yes to both of them. Maybe be a little worried if they're getting a lot of pressure on Bo and not speaking ill of Bo, but he's getting up there in years. You know, he doesn't need to be taking hits necessarily that are unnecessary. And, uh, yeah, give it to Kadeem Carey and run the ball, and that's what's going to open things up, hopefully, and for the Calgary Stampeders. And the same thing with Ottawa. you got to run the ball, right? That's my number one rule out of my many rules I have that probably run the ball. I put number one. You can miss some field goals. That I think you'll make up for it if you run the ball good all game, right? But, uh, yeah, right. Like, yeah, I think it's just basically you got to keep Bo protected, but at the same time, you got Kadeem Carey, right? Oh, yeah. Kadeem Carey is a huge asset. Now, he is listed as questionable for this game for Calgary, I believe, on the depth chart. But I have a feeling that's related to maybe it. Uh, well, it looks like it's related to a hamstring. He didn't practice uh, Kadeem Carey all week this week. So I'll have to wait for the depth chart on that. Uh, if not, I still think Peyton Logan's a, a suitable backup there. But yeah, Calgary is at its best offensively when they run the ball. Every team, I think, in the CFL is at its best when they run the ball. Uh, it makes for a more dynamic offense. It opens things up that you can start hitting some of your great receivers that you have there, like Reggie Bagleton, like Kamar Jordan. Uh, so I think that is definitely, you know, the more pressure you can take off of Bo Levi Mitchell. Again, much like Trevor Harris, you're never going to see Bo run the ball. Uh, so as much time as you can open up, give them back there. That's going to do wonders for the offense here. Absolutely. And, uh, notable injuries in this game as well. Uh, like you said before, Kadeem Carey's questionable, did not practice all week here by the looks of things. Uh, they're also missing Trey Robertson this game. He's going to be out with a knee injury. Uh, Luther Hakanavadu is also out this week. Uh, with a hamstring injury. So those are some big misses for the Calgary Stampeders. Over on the other side of the football, R.J. Harris looks like he's going to be out with a hip injury, as well as Nick Arbuckle has been questionable. Uh, I think it was more sickness. Uh, that one there, I'm sure he's going to be playing this game. Uh, I don't know how much he will play because you've got Caleb Evans ahead of you, but he will be at the game as a backup, I'm sure. Uh, the other one also that to mention is head coach uh, uh Dave Dickinson, I got to make sure I get my Dickinson's right here, uh, is was also out this week earlier with, I believe it was COVID-related illness. Uh, we'll see if he travels with the team or somebody else might just have to step up uh, to be the head coach in this one. 
And let's face it, that could throw some disarray into the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, guys, what's the key matchups in this game that you're looking at? Uh, start with you, Ryan. Yeah, key matchup for me is uh, can Calgary's defense contain Caleb Evans's run ability? And uh, because I think uh, if you can do that, again, still not 100% sold on his passing uh, abilities, although he, he's getting me there. But his run ability opens so many things up. So that's the key for me is can Calgary sh- shut that down, limit that? And then uh, the, ca- the key for Calgary uh, for me is to just bounce back like this is any regular game, like two tough losses back to back to Winnipeg, but they played good, good games, clean up the small mistakes, deliver on your drives. That's probably the biggest key out of it because they didn't deliver touchdowns against Winnipeg. And theoretically they should win this one handily, but uh, we'll have to see, Trey. Yeah, I agree. And I think my big matchups here are going gonna to be the matchups. I'm going to, you know, I said it might be a gunslinger thing, and it could be. But I'm going with the running backs, too, because you need a solid run game to open up those gunslingers, right? So my head-to-head matchup is going to be between William Powell and Kadeem Carey, and probably whoever gets the most touches and most yards, their team probably wins this game, right? And and that's where I'm, I'm – yeah, that's where I'm going to go with that. Whoever has the most rushing yards probably wins this game between those two. I'm going to look at the kickers, actually, in this one, and I'm not really supposed to be looking at kickers because that's Trey's kind of shtick. Anyways, I'm still going to do it. Uh, Lewis Ward has had an okay season. He missed that one critical one against the Hamilton Tiger Cats uh, earlier in the season here. So it'll be interesting to see how he does on that one. And also uh, the other side of it is Rennie Paradis. I mean, the guy there is automatic. And if this game does become a gunslinger duel, it could come down to somebody's kick. So that's what I'm going to be looking for in these two games, or in this game here in particular. So anyways, let's move on to Saturday afternoon uh, football. This one here is a Battle of Ontario, an old Labor Day classic of sorts. Uh, The Hamilton Tiger Cats are traveling down the road to take on the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, Both teams are coming off of a victory last week. Uh, It looks like Hamilton maybe has started to pick up some momentum here, I think, a little bit. Uh, to put it the simple way from the Arkells, guys, are the Ticats a humming? Uh, Ryan, you go first. I think they could be. I think this is a team that uh, we're looking at last season here for Hamilton uh, pretty closely, I think. And uh, last year it started slow. They didn't look good early on. They got some guys back from injury and stuff. And then they went on a tear in the second half of the season. And, well, they found their way back to the Grey Cup. Um, yeah, I think Hamilton has a chance to get some momentum. Not 100% sold on them. You know, they picked up a, a, a big win last week. They picked up a win a couple weeks ago. I think they had that loss to BC in the middle. Seems like they still have a few things they need to figure out here. Namely, the, is it Dane Evans? Is it Matt Schultz? Who's the number one? Who's the number two? We're going to switch it every couple of downs, it seems. Uh, maybe that's the strategy they're going for. And if it works for them, hey, cool, congrats to that. Uh, but I think Hamilton is a team that could be trending in the right direction in the next couple of weeks, but needs to start consistently being able to deliver results in order to do so. And it'll be real interesting here. We're going to talk a lot of Hamilton and Toronto in the next five weeks, boys. Like four of the next five games are between these two teams. So uh, it'll be an interesting progression week after week on what we think of these two football clubs. Uh, Trey? I want to say Hamilton should be progressing, but that's what I said about Toronto last week after two wins against the Rough Riders, and we saw what happened to them, right? 
it's hard to say any team in the East right now is progressing. Like if there was a way that both of these teams could go 0-4 against each other in the next uh, five weeks, I'm sure they'd find a way or four ties. It, it, it could. I wouldn't be surprised if they split this series right down the middle and it's a kind of a garbage fest. I don't know who's going to win. This is, this one was, I was really scratching my head when I was looking at the at the money line and stuff. I think Toronto's favored, but I don't know why or how. I mean, probably just because they have those two wins against Saskatchewan, I guess. But I don't know. Hamilton, yeah, it's Hamilton's chance. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's both teams' chance. Whoever, if one team is able to go three and one or four and zero oh in that series, you know, they take a real stranglehold in the in the division, right? Like that could be Toronto being at seven and three potentially, or seven and four if they lose their other meeting in there, or Hamilton could be six and get get to five hundred, right? It's going to be a big, yeah, it's big football. It's a crazy schedule, eh? So you have four games in five weeks, only in the CFL you see that. Um, yeah, they just got to run the ball on Hamilton, and they should be fine because on the other side, you're going to have to try to figure out a way to stop Andrew Harris if he decides to get going right, Adam. Absolutely, although I think they got a big piece in Hamilton coming back this week to help with uh, possibly stopping Andrew Harris. Simone Lawrence is a full participant for two days in practice here. I can't see why they won't play them here uh, this week against the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, yeah, no, I think the Ticats are starting to make something happen here. Uh, they've had a pretty good game against the BC Lions. Yes, it was in a loss, but still kept Nathan Rourke, uh, the uh, the now future and forever Hall of Famer, uh, to within so many points. I think it was 18 points, if I'm not mistaken. Um, then we also had a good game against the uh, Ottawa Red Blacks. Uh, or sorry, the Montreal Alouettes, which was, again, you were playing, it was more of a grudge game a little bit because you did have Kahari Jones on the other sideline. However, Hamilton did just, did just play a pretty good game against the um, Alouettes. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see what they do now against a real rival in the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, that being said, on the Argonaut side of the football, guys, uh, I think Mike described it the best last week was the Jekyll and Hyde theory with the Argonauts. One game, you have a great-looking dangerous Argonauts team with uh, McManus and with a bunch of weapons in the defense. The next game, you're wondering where the offense went to because, again, McLeod Bethel-Thompson couldn't get anything going the other night there in Ottawa, or against Ottawa. So, guys, which team is this? Is this going to be the Argonauts team that looked dominant against a Saskatchewan Rough Rider team, or is this the team that looks pretty tough against the Ottawa Red-Black team? Trey? Oh man, I'm so tired of talking about the East. I'm trying to be respectful, but like, it's going to be a nine and nine team in the Great Cup, if that. And I don't know. I I have high hopes for Toronto. I really thought Toronto would be that team having double digit wins, and for being the uh, solid number one in the East. But I mean, <laughs> they're the solid number one in the East right now, I guess, because the other three teams aren't haven't been doing much. But Hamilton's got their chance, so I don't know. I think. I hate talking about this team. I don't know what to do. I have no idea. Oh, shoot. There goes my water. I have no idea what to talk about when it comes to these two teams. I, I think I'm going to go with Toronto later, guys. But I think it's going to come down to the run game because neither – well, Hamilton doesn't run, right, Ryan? Yeah, they, they really don't run the ball at all. And I think they should because Don Jackson is a great running back and uh, it, it was successful for them last season. Um, that's that's the big thing to for me here is how these teams are going to use their running backs. And I know we, we dwell a lot on the run game, but it, it's hard not to when you see teams like 
have a guy like Andrew Harris last week for Toronto, where the week before he had, what, 26 touches, a monstrous game in that one, and then you go to seven carries last week and nothing going for him in that one, despite it. I don't think he was too bad, uh, his totals last week uh, in the carries he did have. So Toronto, that's where Toronto seems to ebb and flow is how much they use Andrew Harris in the game plan. My eyes for this one on the Toronto side are on head coach Ryan Dinwiddie because this week we started to see a little bit of question marks about his future in Toronto. I think it was Steve Simmons of the Toronto Sun was the one who put it out on Twitter, and I've seen other discussions around it as well of, uh, you know, Ryan Dinwiddie, what's his status as head coach here? Yeah, he needs to, you know, hone his team in and deliver a consistent 60-minute effort here from the Argos. And uh, both, really both sides do. You know, Hamilton hasn't, I don't think, delivered a solid 60-minute game. To me, this one, more than anything, is going to come down probably to who turns the ball over last because both of these sides seem to uh, be a little turnover heavy. And uh, that can cost you here. And whoever turns it over last, I think, could find themselves in trouble. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I think, uh, Ryan, you cut on a good point because I was about to bring it up. Is I'm going to watch what Ryan Dinwiddie has uh, for his first, again, I think it's the first two, three series that everything is usually planned and uh, scheduled out and everything for teams, uh, that they usually have it uh, it's kind of set in and that's what the plays are going to be for the first couple. So I want to see what Ryan Dinwiddie brings into those because if you look at a team like Toronto, uh, McCall Bethel-Thompson usually never gets it really going until the second half which would mean that you aren't prepared maybe in that first quarter. And that's up to the quarter, uh, the quarterback a little bit, but more up to the head coach and to make sure that he's got a good game plan going into this game uh, or the offensive coordinator, which I believe is still also Ryan Dinwiddie. Uh, this being said, I hope that uh, the rumors that Steve Simmons was bringing out here that he's maybe a little bit on the hot seat aren't true because I can't, I don't know who would ever take over for Ryan Dinwiddie. I'm sorry, but, Mike Clemens is a great guy. He's a great ambassador to the league. He's he's done amazing work for the CFL, but he's not a head coach. Uh, I just, I don't see him uh, taking on that job. He wants to be the, everybody's friend. And sometimes I don't think that's kind of what you need to be when you're the, uh, when you're the head coach of the team, you got to be the uh, coach first and then a friend second. So nevertheless, I'm just kind of a little nervous there with Ryan Dinwiddie. Uh, that being said, you guys brought up also the other point there. Seven carries last week for Andrew Harris. Absolutely not enough if you've got a guy like that in your backfield. Uh, what do you guys think on Andrew Harris? What can uh, Toronto do to get him more involved in this game, Ryan? I think just keep giving him the ball. He plays his best when he's involved and involved regularly. And I think that opens a lot up for the passing game as well, which – you know, as, uh, actually, as much as we talk about, you know, getting Andrew Harris more involved, I'm actually more intrigued by how the wide receivers play in this game for Toronto because there is one guy playing against his former team here that I'm expecting a very pissed-off performance from. That's one Brandon Banks who's had a quiet start to the season. He now gets to play the team that didn't believe in him enough to bring him back. Four of the next five weeks, and I think this is what... This may be the, this chunk of the schedule is exactly what Toronto brought him in for. Uh, I think potentially we also have Eric Rogers potentially back in the lineup. He's been practicing this week. Juwan Breskison's been practicing. So 
If Toronto can, you know, to bring it back to your point on Andrew Harris, if they can get him in for a good mix of plays, get him running early in the game, that seems like they're the best, they'll open things up, and they've got the wide receiver talent there that I think uh, could open this game up for them. So that's kind of what I'm looking at Toronto offense-wise. Uh, Trey, anything from you? No, I completely agree with the Brandon Banks statement because that's why I said you bring in Andrew Harris and Brandon Banks for these kind of games in October and November games, right? And, you know, um, Adam made the point, Simone Lawrence is back on defense. You got Andrew Harris. They, you know, I don't know if those guys definitely look eye to eye. You know, Andrew Harris could be fueled up too, right? And you got Brandon Banks and the whole coming back. Is this game in Hamilton? No, in Toronto. In Toronto. But they still play four times, and I'm sure uh, Speedy B is going to want to get some touchdowns at Iverwind Stadium there and and show them uh, – sorry, Tim Hortons Field, but that basically the same thing. But, um, you know, yeah, I, I, I expect uh, – that's actually a good pivot. I might have to try to figure out how to get Speedy B into my fantasy now. <laughs> but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, it might not be. It might not hurt to have him in this uh, this week, especially when he's facing his former team. I'm sure he really has got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, like you said, Ryan. I think that he's going to be fired up to really prove a point uh, this time, which means that McLeod Bethel Thompson, though, has to get the ball over to him. Uh, again, it comes down to the quarterback. If he can get the ball out to uh, Brandon Banks, Banks can make some moves. Uh, he just needs to uh, get his head in the game and be ready to go. And get those passes out to him. I mean, we seen one last week where uh, I think it was Banks was it was either Banks or Phillips. I can't remember. Was wide open, and uh, McLeod Bethelton just completely out through. So that's pretty much with the game there, uh, guys. What's the matchups that you're looking for? I know we brought up Simone Lawrence versus Andrew Harris. I know we brought up uh, uh, we brought up Brandon Banks versus the entire Hamilton defense. Uh, what's the matchup that you're looking forward to, Trey? Probably the Harris uh, Lawrence. I know we talked about it, but that's a big one there. And like I said, they're they're two pivotal players of the league. This is what they're meant to do, right? And uh, face off against each other. But I want to see Speedy B do an Oski wee wee in the end zone every time he scores, man. Over the next five weeks, I think that would be great. Just do the Oski wee wee, Oski wow wow, and you know, say why didn't you sign me for another year, Ryan? I'm looking at, uh, outside of the matchups we've talked about here, I'm also kind of looking at the kickers in this game a little bit because I feel like it's two teams that haven't had a ton of success when it comes to the field goal department this season. You know, Boris Beattie is sitting at 77.8% on the year. Seth Small has taken over as the kicker for Hamilton. He's had a couple. He's at 80%. That's, that's not too bad, but... Uh, I feel like both of these teams, it's going to be a close game. Maybe it comes down to the last turnover, but it could very well come down to who can hit that last second field goal. And, uh, well, we'll see which uh, which kicker that ends up being. What I'm actually looking forward to is the fans uh, coming in from Hamilton. Let's face it, they love traveling to Toronto and absolutely making as much noise as they possibly can just to mess with the Argonauts. And uh, Argo fans, please... Give me an idea what your uh, signature uh, thing is on your menu at the stadium, because I'd love to know about that. I think there's some great ideas there for the Argonauts uh, to maybe do something to get people excited about it. But you know what? No, I'm looking forward to the fans. And the reason being is, let's face it, the Box J boys will be there. They'll be screaming like there's no tomorrow. They get the fans all riled up. I guarantee you're going to hear an Oski Wee Wee Oscar Wawa up on in uh, Toronto. And especially if the Ty Cats put the uh, foot to the throat 
of the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, with that being said, I think it's time to move on to the last game of the week, which is a preview of or a uh, re return of week one uh, when the Edmonton Elks traveled out to the BC Lions. I don't think Edmonton fans are, would like me telling anybody about that game just because, uh, well, yeah, I think we all remember how that ended. Uh, first things first, Nathan Rourke, is he, uh, is he ready to go to the Hall of Fame yet, Ryan, or... After this game, do you think he'll make it, or what? Uh, what does Edmund have to make sure that uh, Nathan Rourke doesn't make the call this week? Well, I don't think it's possible. I think he should be in there every week. Uh, I, I, this is a sarcasm sign. Uh, this is my gag I've been doing on Twitter. No, he's not in the Hall of Fame right now, but he is a lot of fun to watch. He is a very dynamic player. He's an explosive offensive player. And he's caused a lot of problems for a lot of defenses this season. And Edmonton was the first one to find that out. Uh, they found it out when they played at the end of last season as well. So Nathan Rourke is firmly in the nightmares of the Edmonton defense, I think, from the past two times they've played. And they got to come out here and they got to turn it around here early in this one. They held Zach Caleros to seven, to seven completions last game before the bye week for Edmonton. That's huge, right? Uh, they didn't win the game, unfortunately, but they put out a very solid effort and nobody has beaten Winnipeg yet. And I think that uh, Edmonton has the opportunity to potentially build on that this week if they can come out and they can shut Rourke down. Much like I said with Caleb Evans with Calgary, you got to shut down the run ability because that's when Rourke's at his off games here. So that's the big thing for me if you're Edmonton is can you can you slow down Nathan Rourke, keep him in the pocket and force him to make those passes Unfortunately, he's a pretty accurate guy, even when you do force him to stay in the pocket. So uh, they got their work cut out for them here, uh, Trey. Yeah, I wonder if we could find the stat. I wonder where Chris Jones is off the bye, because he gives me the vibe that he could be a coach that could have a decent record with that. But I don't actually know. I'm just asking if anyone knows, because I know we talked about Calgary coming off the bye. He just, Jones gives me that vibe. He could be a guy with the extra week of prep and giving his guys some time off. Could have a good record. Now watch it be Owen something stupid because I'm just, you know, blowing smoke. But this could make things interesting. We're talking about potentially Calgary going into a trap game. Saskatchewan's on the bye. If Edmonton pulls off a win here, the West gets interesting. There'd be two teams at four and one team at three. That gets really interesting. But I'm not going to say Edmonton's going to do it. But I just think that's going to be really interesting. And then BC would be at five and two as well. So you know, the West isn't maybe is, uh, yeah, the West is going to beat up on themselves for the rest of the season here. They play a lot of cross-division games. I still think this is going to be the Nathan Rourke show. It's going to be Eric Canada. It's going to be another uh, another reason to put him in the Hall of Fame in November after the Grey Cup or something. And, and most likely it's going to be that. But like I said, Chris Jones, does he doesn't surprise me. He surprised, you know, he, he's going to come up with a game plan of some sort. Is it going to work? We'll find out. I know Chris in the chat just said that he thinks that BC is going to win this game by 30 points. If he does uh, pull that off, Nathan Rourke might just get a uh, early trip to a certain place in Hamilton. I uh, also wanted to just quickly bring it up here. Uh, Richard uh, brought up that uh, Toronto has a boatload of poutine. I would think that they probably use pulled pork because I think they're Hogtown, I think is what they originally were called. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, and uh, yeah, the rise of Carter, Chris. Uh, that's an interesting one as well. Uh, pretty good there. I don't know why. Uh, 
guys, what do we expect to see out of Deron Carter? I guess he didn't get to play the BC Lions in the first game against uh, against them. And let's face it, they've got a uh, receiving core that's really great and Nathan Rourke that's really great. We haven't even mentioned James Butler, uh, who absolutely carved up the Edmonton Elks and quartered them pretty badly uh, and put them up on the grill. So I would think uh, Edmonton, again, they've got some other pieces now in defense. Uh, what's one thing that you're looking forward to seeing on the uh, Edmonton Elks defense to tell you that this might be a little bit different of a game? Uh, Trey? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't think Deron Carter is going to make that much of a difference. And if he does, his defensive points aren't going to help me in fantasy, right? So uh, if I'm not taking the Edmonton defense this week. But, yeah, I think – you know, we we have seen Nathan Rourke. He didn't have the greatest of game against Winnipeg. You know, I'm not saying Edmonton's defense anywhere near Winnipeg. But like I said, they had an extra week of prep. You never know what that does. And a couple of new pieces. And I wouldn't be surprised. Watch Deron Carter get the game-winning pick six or something stupid. And it's just going to, you know, something dumb like that. He's been on the kick return too lately. You know, I got, I don't know. Was he, even, was he a kick returner back in the day in his prime? He, he was for a little yeah. while, yeah. Because okay, I, I was like, what's Carter doing there? He's going to have a fumble, and it's going to be catastrophic. But somehow the fumble account towards my fantasy points, right? And um, <laughs> I don't know. I want to see the Edmonton be better um, just because like, I don't want any team to really be bad. But, again, I think I, I, I wouldn't go by 30, but it's going to be, I think, a lopsided game. This one doesn't scream trap to me. I think there's just enough of a difference between these two teams, Ryan. I mean – you could argue that Edmonton's defense is one of the hardest to prepare for in the league because you never know which of the 46 men on the roster or whatever it is are going to show up on the defensive side of the ball on any given series, right? So uh, how do you prepare when you have no idea what is uh, going to be uh, showing up out there on the defensive side of the ball? That being said, I still think later on in the season, they're going to be better. They're, the Chris Jones mantra is setting in. They're going to settle in here a little bit defensively. I think they're going to settle in a little more offensively. Taylor Cornelius, to his credit, hasn't looked too bad here for Edmonton uh, so far this season. They got to get the touchdowns going, though. They got to you know put the ball in the end zone. If their defense can deliver another performance like they did the, the last couple of weeks, Seems like slowly but surely they've maybe been getting a little bit better here. Likely not this week that we see them, you know, reach their full potential. And and I agree with you guys that we're probably looking at a BC win here in this one. Uh, but I'm, I'm very excited to see what Edmonton does coming out of the bye because uh, I like to watch the teams like Edmonton and Ottawa that I feel like there is a lot of potential, a lot of room to uh, grow at, through over the course of the season. And I like watching them, uh, you know, do so uh, as the games go on here. So I, I'm intrigued by what Edmonton puts out. Uh, and I don't think it's going to be as bad as it was week one. You know, and the other thing also to remember on this is the Edmonton Elks defense. And I'm sure that we're going to hear Glenn Suter say this in the little thing, that they've got some pride and they want to win this football game just to prove that they aren't the team that lost against the BC Lions by 50-plus points. Uh, they want to prove that they're a good football team. They're going to come out swinging. Uh, they've got some new pieces, like you said, Ryan. They always keep getting new pieces. Uh, looks like Jordan Reeves, uh, the former Saskatchewan Rough Rider, is ready to go for this week uh, off of his hand injury. Uh, that being said, though, BC has also got another weapon coming back very likely this week. He's had two good practices. 
uh, to full practices. Brian Burnham looks like he's ready to roll for the BC Lions. If he is, there's another piece that uh, can definitely uh, hurt you if you're a Edmonton Elk. Uh, guys, in the matchups in this one here, what's the things that we're looking towards uh, for this game? Uh, Ryan, you can go first. Yeah, we're looking at, I think, how that defense uh, can shut down, whether they can shut down Nathan Rourke, I think we're looking at on the BC side of things, uh, just to continue doing what they've do, been doing, basically, right? BC has done a very good job this season of bouncing back during the game when they face adversity and making the adjustments they've needed to make. So that's the biggest key to me is... You know, if if things get down all of a sudden, there's an easy chance to, you know, can they bounce back right away and, and keep putting the pedal to the metal here like they have so far this season, Trey? Yeah, I guess my matchup is going to – yeah, the defense needs to step up, but I think uh, Cornelius needs to have a game too to, you know, it's for any chance of that. He can't be throwing two or three picks and two and outs every other series. He needs to uh, – you know, he needs to match uh, Nathan Rourke uh, step for step and outdo him to have any shot in this one. And and Deron Carter needs to help on defense, right? And on offense and special teams and maybe even put the headset on if uh, if Chris Jones needs him to. On this game here, essentially what I'm watching is Edmonton Elks defensive line and defense essentially try to cover uh, five guys on the field that have been just exceptional for the BC Lions so far this year. I mean, James Butler has been great. You have Nathan Rourke who can run out of the backfield and move around and still make amazing, accurate passes. You've got uh, Keon Hatcher, who's had a great season here. Uh, oh, by the way, Lucky Whitehead, Dominic Rhymes. Uh, you've also got Brian Burnham that's coming back off of injury. I, I picked off six players, and you've got uh, 12 guys to cover. Uh, most of some of those are going to be double teamed. Yikes. I, I really want to see how Edmonton can do this. If they can hold off BC and make this a game by the fourth quarter, I'll consider it a win for the Edmonton Eskimos. Oh, sorry, Elks. Can't say Eskimos anymore. Um, the Edmonton Elks, if they end up, if this game is within a score, I'll consider this a very, very good game. I don't think it's going to be by a score, unfortunately. I think this game's going to get ugly very quickly. Uh, with that, I think we're ready to move on to fantasy, right? Yeah, let's move on to the fantasy segment here. As I get ready to pull things up, I do want to call out a, an interesting comment from Richard in the chat uh, that the Elks aren't the same team this week uh, as they were week one because uh, over the bye week, they did make like 11 cuts and they brought a bunch of different pieces in every single week. So uh, what do we know uh, about uh, you know Edmonton? And <laughs> I think we're learning things every single week here. Uh, but let's take ourselves a look over here at our fantasy uh, players for the week. I've got the charts up on the screen if you're watching the video. If you are listening to the audio feed, uh, I recommend checking out the video. You get a couple extra stats to look through here. But let's start quarterbacks for week number nine. I guess, first of all, we should preface this. Uh, we play in a couple fantasy leagues. We have some head-to-head matchups this week in the CFL Podcast Fantasy League. Uh, it is uh, CFC Civil War 3.0 this week. Uh, Adam and I have faced. Trey and Adam have faced. And this week, it is myself and Trey going head-to-head. And it's going to be a fun matchup here. And we'll see how that uh, we'll see how that plays for the fantasy picks in this one. Uh, we need to remind the people at home to bet. 
Yeah, remind us, Trey. Remind the people. I said, uh, you still don't want anything back, Ryan? Well, first tell people what the bet is, and then and if I win, I get to uh, host the this segment next week. I get to do well. You can maybe still do the slides for me because I might not know how to do that. But I'll tell you. Uh, I'll say. I'll say my picks first, and I get to be the fantasy expert for the week. I, I don't need anything back in the wager on this because I'm so confident in my ability to win. I'll take one out of Gary Stern's playbook. Uh, you know, I, I'm guaranteeing a win on this one. Uh, but I do have uh, a counter bet for you coming on later on in the podcast. So uh, stay tuned for that one. Uh, so we're going head to head this week. Uh, Adam, who are you facing this week? Uh, this week, I think I'm facing, is it the Podsky Wee Wee podcast, I believe? Uh, let me just double check. I can't remember off the top of my head who I'm facing. <laughs> I couldn't remember either. That's why I hoped you <laughs> uh, Just give me a few moments here. I'll get back to you on who I'm facing right away. So Sounds good. Of course, you can check out all of the all – follow along with everything over at CFL Pod Fantasy on Twitter. Uh, I've got it right here, and I am looking at it, and you are facing off, yes, with the Podski Wee Wee podcast, so make sure you check out them and all the other great shows in the CFL podcast community. Uh, let's take a look at the fantasy options for this week. Uh, let's start with quarterbacks. Uh, always fun, always tough to pick a quarterback. This week, Nathan Rourke's the most expensive one by far. He's $4,000 more expensive than the next highest, which is Zach Caleros. All the way down, you get to starting quarterbacks. And I believe it's Taylor Cornelius, although Trey Ford is getting close to coming back from injury. Uh, Cornelius, probably your cheapest starter at 75-80. There's one name on this list that screams successful fan value fantasy play to me, and that's Caleb Evans of the Ottawa Red Blacks. He, in his last three starts has put up an average of 27 points. Trey's getting ready to write this down, I think. Um, yeah, Trey's taking notes. There we go. Uh, he's averaged 27-plus uh, fantasy points in the last three weeks. That's only behind Nathan Rourke, and he's uh, $5,000 cheaper. He's even cheaper than he was last week, despite putting up 22.5. Yes, it's a matchup with Calgary. They've got a good defense there, but I believe in what I've seen the past number of weeks from Caleb Evans. So, that's kind of the go-to play I'm looking at at quarterback in this one. I don't love a lot of the other plays. Maybe you go the other side of the matchup and take Bo Levi-Mitchell at around the same price uh, facing the, the league's worst passing defense in Ottawa. But those are kind of, as of right now, the main two options. And if you have the roster space, I mean, Nathan Rourke did put up a massive total against Edmonton in week number one. I think it might be tough to fit in the rest of your lineup if you put him in there. And he needs a whopping 35 points to hit full value for you on the week. But if anybody can do it, I think it is Nathan Rourke. I just don't know if I want to invest that kind of money in it this week. Uh, who are you guys looking at at quarterback, uh, Trey? No, I already had Caleb Evans in my roster, but I just have to write it down to double confirm that's what you're I, – I, this is my what I think Ryan's going to do lineup so I can counteract it. But yeah, I think Cal, Caleb Evans is the guy. He's not overpriced, and uh, he's going to get the job done. Uh, I love how they have Mazzoli still on there for 9000 and he's injured. And But, you know – yeah, I like your Bo Levi if you wanted to go somewhere else, but I'm staying away from the top guys. Like you said, Nathan Rourke, Caleros, and Bethel Thompson would probably need to have absolute monster games to uh, to make you any value, Adam. 
Yeah, I'm looking at probably Paul Levi Mitchell or Caleb Evans as well, just because, let's face it, they're, they're, they're the right price range that you can fit the few other good players onto your team, and they're not going to cost you a lot. And plus, also, Ryan's doing it, so that's why I have to do it as well. I like it. Uh, inspiring a nation. That's what we do here. Uh, if you want to go crazy at your quarterback picks, Matt Schiltz is 58-61 and seems to rotate in for a few plays uh, for Hamilton here and there. I don't think he's on my list here, but uh, Dominic Davis is the backup quarterback for uh, Montreal, and I think he's around 5,000 as well. And if Trevor Harris struggles and uh, or gets, you know, the injury isn't quite ready to go, then uh, potentially you get some points, uh, at least short yardage. Probably wouldn't recommend either of these two. I think there's better value plays elsewhere. Adam, do you have something to chime in there? Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, Dominic Davis has been getting you the cheese points if you really want him, though. Uh, on average, gets at least a good one-yard, two-yard dash, uh, and he's cheap. I mean, if you really want to try it, you could. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of getting tired of getting beaten by the cheese. And Kyle Oxley is listed as a wide receiver right now, but stay tuned by the time game time. Maybe he shifts to quarterback again and is a cheap quarterback play. Uh, because they're all over the place with this. Let's take a look at the running backs. Uh, James Butler is the most expensive at 9041 Uh You get all the way down to a Chiefs, the likely starting running back in Malik Irons at 2500 for Edmonton this week. I, I think there's a good potential there. They did release a couple running backs. Uh, so uh, if James Wilder Jr. is still not ready to go, he is a cheap play there. I, my problem this week, and it's weird that we're in this situation, is I love too many of the running backs this week. James Butler against Edmonton is hard to ignore at such an expensive price, although uh, he hasn't put up the touchdowns as much in recent weeks, which scares me. I don't think four that four from week one is you know can replicate that necessarily. Kadeem Carey theoretically should be a monster game for him against Ottawa again if he's healthy, if he's ready to go in the lineup. You expect a bounce back from Andrew Harris this week. Uh, more usage in that offense. Um, Brady Oliveira is an... In I'll, I'll stop here and I'll say, I'm looking at the top two guys, James Butler, Kadeem Carey. I'm looking at probably one of those two. I'm really having a hard time of picking which one is the go-to guy in the lineup. The potential injury for, for Kadeem Carey may lean in the direction of James Butler here. I liked the chance on Brady Oliveira this week for Winnipeg. He's been slowly getting better. He's $5,200. He put up 14.6 last week. He need 13.2. He's been getting better and better. Had a really strong game last week. And uh, if Winnipeg gets ahead in this one, I think they lean on him a little more. I also think less touches go to Johnny Augustine, the better Brady Oliveira plays. So that is a potential play to look at there. And then, yeah, if you really want the cheap play, also considering the potential of Malik Irons here, $2,500, you need 6.3 points at your starting running back. He gets a touchdown, you're golden. He gets a couple carries, a catch here and there. You're, you're hitting your value there likely as well. So trying to just, you know, muddy the waters here for Trey a little bit by saying I like every option at running back to, uh, to you know, not, not give away my whole hand here. But these are a lot of the options I like this week. And uh, let's start with you here, Adam. What do you like at running back? You know, I was just going to tell Trey, if you uh, make sure you check which ones I pick, that way there you just avoid those and you're fine. You're doing a very good job for yourself. Uh, what I'm looking at is James Butler for the BC Lions. I mean, 
let's face it, he's playing a team that is uh, the Edmonton Elks, and they have not been very good against the run, no matter which team they play. So I like James Butler as my big pick. I've taken Peyton Logan in the past with the Calgary Stampeders, and I've gotten burned doing it. I hope this isn't the week because I just have a funny feeling about Kadeem Carey that he won't be playing. And if he isn't, that means Peyton Logan's a very cheap option uh, for potential runs. And let's face it, he does do returns too. So you should get a little bit extra uh, use out of Peyton Logan. Last week, though, I thought that Kadeem Carey wasn't playing. I played Peyton Logan. I got burned because Kadeem Carey played. So James Butler for sure. And then it'll be either uh, Peyton Logan or Brady Oliveira if I hear that Kadeem Carey is probably going to play. Trey? No, I really like Oliveira this week. You know, they started going towards him a little bit more. And like Ryan said, if this game gets out of hand, uh, yeah, you can write it down. Oliveira, you know, as I already told you, what I say on this show, that's usually what goes in my lineup. I don't switch back and forth very often. And it's been working out the last few weeks. I think I'm on a three or four game win streak, Ryan. So footsteps. But I think I'm going to go with Oliveira. Pretty solid game. The, the second running back position is where I've been hemming and hawing. Because, you know, I don't like going with the higher up guys like Butler and Carey and Harris. Don Jackson I thought was interesting. They don't run a lot in Hamilton. I hope maybe one day they will. William Powell is another interesting choice. Ah, You got me with that Peyton Logan now. That one might be a game-time decision, depending on what the uh, injury status is. Running back's a tough one. I don't like spending too much money on these guys. I like keeping it for the uh, receivers and a little bit later on. So that's a tough one. But uh, I'm, I'm liking the Oliveira. I find it – I would like to know what goes into deciding the prices every week because Peyton Logan went up, I think, $1,000 in price this week, and I don't think he really did too much, put up 5.4 last week to warrant going up in price here. Maybe it's a potential injury to Kadeem Carey. Maybe they're bringing him up in price just to in case uh, Logan does start here at running back. If he does, I agree. Awesome play to put him in your lineup if he's starting running back. $5,000 for punt returns. He doesn't return kickoffs. That's Jalen Philpot. I don't know if I, I'm spending on Peyton Logan again. I did last week. I don't know if I'm doing it this week at $5,000 uh, if he's just in the return role mostly. Let's take a look at wide receivers here. I'll scroll through it for those watching the video here. Eugene Lewis is the most expensive one on the list. Uh, Kenny Waller, the next most expensive. you got a lot of guys here at the top of the list. I do have Greg Ellingson still on here, uh, listed as questionable, but not on the depth chart, likely not playing this week. Uh, as we you know, take a look through the different options of wide receiver, I'll turn the floor over to you guys first on this one. Uh, Trey, who are you looking at at the wide receiver position? Well, I put him in every week, and I'm going to have to put him in again. Dalton's showing still $5,800 third or fourth in receiving yards and he's under six grand that's unreal against the not approved uh, you know not a great defense in montreal uh, he's going to be the go-to guy with ellingson out uh yeah dems get a great game but you never know how much of an injury is still lagging so he's gonna be my main guy and i've also went with keon hatcher i think almost every week if not most of them except for the couple weeks where they've had a bye that's kind of the, my two guys that i've stuck with and it's been doing great and my flex guy you guys convinced me of this earlier a little bit. Speedy B slides into my flex. I think I think he's going to be Oski Wee Weeing in uh, in BMO this weekend. Adam, 
I'm looking at a couple of guys. One, I just don't know who to choose in BC. I just, I'd like to pick one of the uh, wide receivers. I just don't know which one right now because it could be anybody going off. To me, it could be Brian Burnham coming back and just having an explosive game. So somebody is going to be a very good pick in BC. I just don't know which one to pick. Might be Dominic Rhymes at $8,400 has had a pretty good production so far. Uh, You're right about that, though, Trey. Dalton Schoen is still a cheap deal of $5,800. He seems to just have that chemistry that he's in the right place at the right time all the time for the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Another one that I'm looking at is Malik Henry for the uh, Calgary Stampeders. $6,600. He is coming a little bit off injury, but with uh, Luther Hironokau being out, and again, I said that last name wrong. I apologize. Uh, nevertheless, I think that maybe you might see lots of Malik Henry this week. That being said, as long as Bull Levi can get him the ball, uh, he likes to spread his options as well. Uh, one of the other cheap names that I was looking at was actually a Montreal Alouette. Uh, it was, uh, there he is, Herji Mayala. I think that with the injury to uh, uh, Chandler Worthy, he may just have a good game as well. Uh, might get a few extra plays, uh, if nothing else, in special teams. But again, I think he might also get a few passes out to him as well. Another cheap option that you can do as well. Uh, Terry Williams has actually had a quietly sneaky good year for the Ottawa Red Blacks. Uh, only 3100 bucks, And usually, I mean, last week was an exception, but most weeks always makes up his uh, uh, 7.8 uh, points that he needs to do. Just don't do like I did last week. Pick Lamar Durant. Think that he's coming in and then find out, nope, he sure isn't, and then forget to adjust it. Ryan? No, he played last week. He just got zero targets. That's like the second time. Like, <laughs> first I picked Duke William for 10000 and he doesn't do nothing. Then I decide, okay, well, I'll pick Lamar Durant. Nope, he doesn't do nothing. So whatever player I pick, probably he ain't going to be getting very many receiving yards. So be, be aware of that. In terms of uh, wide receivers that I'm looking at uh, this week as potential plays, yeah, you mentioned BC. It's hard to know with Brian Burnham coming back in. You know, who does he take targets away from? I'm a little bit scared about those. A lot of them are very expensive as well. Uh, the higher priced guys, I really like. They can't ignore the success of Jalen Acklin, who's at 7907 in price. He's averaging 16.8 points a game on the year. He's the league's leading receiver, and if Caleb Evans is going to have a successful game, chances are the ball is going in Jalen Acklin's direction. Stephen Dunbar also continues to rise in price because he continues to deliver. He's the tied, or now I think might even have sole possession of the league lead in touchdowns. Uh, he comes in at 77.80. I like it there. As we move along in the list, you guys mentioned Dalton Schoen already. I almost I had him in my lineup last week, then almost took him out. And then at the last second, I was like, no, I can't. I got to put him back in. And boy, am I happy I did. He continues to deliver, and he should even at that price point there. Uh, Brandon Banks was actually one of the first wide receivers I put in my lineup for this week. As soon as I remembered that uh, connection, that rematch with that, that rivalry with Hamilton here. I think Banks is such a cheap price now at 45.74, where you only need 11 points out of him. We've been talking about a bad season for him, but he's averaged 9.5, so just short of that. He has a breakout game. It should be good. My only concern now is looking at the injury reports and seeing Eric Rodgers might be back. Juwan Breskison might be back, potentially in the lineup as well. Now I'm almost a little bit scared about the Argos wide receivers of, again, who's getting the ball, because that's a pretty crowded crew over there with Toronto there. 
Um, other receivers to look at this week, Kyle Oxley seems like a bit of a cheat code to potentially use if he gets in for a couple backup quarterback plays as well and some goal line plunges. He's 32-94, plays wide receiver, also plays backup quarterback, also plays running back at times. He does everything. There's a little gadget play you could use there. And uh, you've touched on some of the other guys that I was still looking at here as well. The other one I'm really considering as my value play of the week is Jalen Philpot of the Calgary Stampeders. He handles kickoff returns. He's involved in the as a wide receiver. He should be more so with Luther Hakunavanu out for this week. Um, and last week against Winnipeg, there was at least once, maybe two or three times, where Bo tried to hit him on a deep ball and just missed by a little bit. So you get one of those, you're, you're taking this value play all the way to the bank. So if I need to save some money, it's likely Jalen Philpott's the guy I'm taking uh, as a $2,500 play at wide receiver this week against the league's worst passing defense, or at least it was coming into last week. I have not checked the updated rankings there. Uh, it's surely near the bottom still. Uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks. Let's take a look at the defenses here this week. Winnipeg's the most expensive at forty six fifty. BC also pretty similar in price, and you get a bit of drop off. Ottawa's at the third most expensive now at thirty seven sixty seven. Calgary at thirty six fifty five. Montreal just over thirty two hundred, and the rest are at the thirty two hundred price here this week. Having a little bit of a hard time with the defense. I like if you can fit them in uh, the Bombers' defense against Trevor Harris. He got, they caused nightmares for him last season, and I expect a lot of the same here. BC against Taylor Cornelius is tempting. I always expect uh, you know Cornelius to throw a couple interceptions. He's done a pretty good job this year so far, but uh, I am uh, contemplating one of these two if I have the cap space to fit it in. Then you get into the cheaper plays here, and that's where it gets a little tricky. I'm probably looking at, if I need to save money, Toronto or Hamilton in that matchup there because they're both $3,200. Both of the teams turn over the ball quite a bit here, so I could get some turnover points out of those two. But uh, what are you guys looking at at defense here this week? Uh, let's start with you, Trey. You know, this is a tough one to... Right now, I have BCs in because I just, yeah, I, I kind of tend to spend money on the defense here because they're, it's a make or break. You could have a team like Winnipeg and BC who gets, you know, two or three pick sixes and, you know, they score more points than your running back and receivers do, right? Or you could have a team that gives up 70 points and, I don't know, is there negative points in this league? I know there is in some fantasy leagues. There so is, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know if it could go that far. So you don't want that. Right now, I have BC. I think they're going to be hungry and just take out uh, take out Cornelius. Right, they play Edmonton. Right, yeah. Uh, so I think that's my play there. The Eastern teams are interesting. You never know what's going to happen in Toronto and Hamilton. I wouldn't go against Montreal with Montreal, and I wouldn't go with Ottawa. So yeah, the, the Toronto Hamilton's an interesting play if you want to save money, Adam. You know, I'm looking at this one here, and finally, I can go and uh, have myself. Uh possibly saved a little bit because I don't have to pick a team in green. Anyway, uh, I think uh, probably I'm looking at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in this one just because, again, that defense against a quarterback that doesn't like to run, <laughs> yeah, that could be a few points. Uh, so BC is also interesting. I don't think quite as much as I would probably want to take Winnipeg in this one. Uh, the other one I'm looking at, though, is Hamilton. Hamilton is really strong against the uh, run game. 
And yes, they're playing Andrew, Andrew Harris, but they also, I remember, shutting down Jamal Morrow uh, earlier on this season. So to me, I think that I don't really mind Hamilton defense as well. Uh, but uh, probably in the end, I'm going to have to probably put a blue and gold jersey on and uh, go with the Blue Bombers. We can send you one if you'd like. I, I think I'm good. Otherwise, again, uh, I'm sure I'm going to be up for a uh, Citizenship of Saskatchewan review if I keep this up. <laughs> of course, all in good fun. Uh, make sure you check the uh, the depth charts as well uh, before finalizing your fantasy picks uh, because that can change a lot of things here. Best of luck to everybody in CFL Fantasy this week. Let's... Uh, Let's uh, move on to our uh, our betting segment here, powered by BetStamp. Uh, BetStamp, there are so many different sports books out there these days, and each one offers you different prices on the same games. How do you ensure you're getting the best value? Well, BetStamp is here to help. Simply pull up the game on the free app, see all the odds offered by each of the different sports books. We'll take a look at them here shortly. Uh, and that uh, helps you make the bet that will maximize the return for the pick you are making. If you find odds you like, you can sign up directly through the BetStamp BetLink page for the corresponding affiliate, uh, where you can see all of them listed there. And uh, you can track our picks over on the commission-free marketplace. Search the Canadian Football Countdown there. See what our consensus picks from this segment are Every single week, you can find others there as well, help you get some extra insight before placing your wagers. Uh, and through the verified bet tracking system on BetStamp, you get the guarantee that the odds we are talking about here today are verified and legitimate. Uh, visit BetStamp.app or download the free app from your local app store today. Sign up with referral code CFC. And uh, start using BetStamp. Best of luck with your wagers. And remember, always bet responsibly. Uh, now, we're going to take a look at the uh, the different games here. We're going to make our picks against the spread best off of the BetStamp best odds, I think, for each game. Uh, we're going to take a look at that there. But more of a general question here uh, when we get talking about betting here. Question for you, Trey, as our betting expert here. When somebody's starting to look to get into betting on the CFL, Kind of, what are you looking at? Because there's different types uh, you can do, right? You can do straight up picks. You can do against the spread. You can do the overs, the unders. Where do people go if you say you want to put five bucks down on a game? What's the best way to maximize your value out of it? Ah, uh, see, yeah. When I first started betting, I just did the normal, like, yeah, straight out betting. And it used to be, I don't know if they still do it, but in football, you to have a win, you have to win by three, and anything three or less was considered a tie. And then, and that's, and, and that's basically it. So I haven't really seen that too much anymore, but I like the spread now. I feel like it's a little bit more difficult, but you, you, you win a little bit more here and there. Um, yeah, we could talk about that in a second, Adam. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, that's kind of, it's all on your preference. You know, I, I used to bet the one way and I, I've been, I, I fell in love with point spread a little bit more. Right on. Yes. Uh, fun to get into looking at the odds on the different things here uh, and deciphering what are the best ones. Let's take a look and let's make our picks for the week here over on the BetStamp site. Uh, let's take a look at Winnipeg, Montreal. First of all, uh, the best odds for uh, if you're going either team's direction, uh, we've got uh, Winnipeg minus 5.5 over on CoolBet uh, and Montreal plus 5.5 also on CoolBet, uh, Trey. 
That's interesting. I uh, It was Winnipeg minus five earlier because that's what I have locked in on my bet stamp app. But uh, yeah, I guess I'll for the show, I'll take the minus 5.5 with Winnipeg. Uh, that Give me the extra half point. I'll take it. Yeah, it could be a trap game. Yeah, owner Gary Stern, uh, you know, made some big predictions and he's going, you know, he's even going up against maybe one of the CFL favorites, Mill Stiegel, a lot on Twitter too, right? And I think I still I still am going to go with the undefeated team in this one and uh, they're going to win by probably a touchdown. So I'm going to go with the minus five and a half. Uh, Adam? Yeah, I think on this one here, I think that Trevor Harris may as well wear that poutine bowl because he's going to be getting eaten all night up by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers defense. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take uh, under uh, take the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers in this one, five and a half for sure. Ryan? Gary, I love you, but I don't see it happening. I'm taking Winnipeg in this one as well. I have concerns about the depth for Montreal. Uh, Winnipeg seems like they can get ready for any game uh in this one could this maybe be a bit of a trap game for them i don't think so particularly i'm gonna go with the bombers here by uh by at least the five and a half yeah so we free consensus there uh just a quick comment to richard you know what i'm not even 100 sure what that second number means that's the payoffs how it works not 100 sure how this management works i think it's I believe for every a thousand dollars, that's what you win. But I could be wrong. Something like I be- that. I believe with these odds, if say you bet ten dollars and it says the payout is minus one ten, I think for ten dollars you win back nine ninety is what it is. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, that's something like that. So yeah, it's it's not the most uh, straightforward way. Like I like the horse odds five to one you know what you're getting you know uh these i think this is more of a european met kind of style so i'm not 100 sure how it works right yeah i i think that's how it was uh i will i will look into that uh more that's closely right, guys. yeah no i was looking at that earlier today so if you bet 10 bucks you'll get 9.9 back on the calgary stampeders right now uh so yeah that's essentially that just tells you how much you could possibly win uh, to get back so you see though like you, you got some that have minus 115 well but they're going five and a half points for calgary so they're giving them an extra half a point so the less and the more there that's that's what you're going to get uh in a winning so right and you see the plus you're going to win that's over the 10 bucks right you'll get 11 something back right so yeah that's why i'm pretty sure and i every time i google it it always bases it off a thousand and it gets it confusing and i'm like why are we going off a thousand but <laughs> it, it you know who bets a thousand dollars on a don't farm? bet the farm? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this game, this one's interesting. I him, I've changed my mind a few times on this one. I've had to delete my uh, whatever bet I put on BetStab a couple of times. Oh boy, I'll go. I'll go Calgary. I'll go Calgary minus five. I I can't go against Bo anymore. I'm, I have a hunch you guys are probably going to go Ottawa. Or at least one of you guys will. But uh, we'll see, Ryan. Yeah, the, the the best odds here, Calgary minus 5 at a payout of minus 110 from CoolBet. Uh, Ottawa plus 5.5 at minus 110 from Bet99. I'm going Ottawa here, and I am going Ottawa outright on this football game in my CFL picks as well. This is my one upset here that I have a just one of those weird hunches on. I am excited to see Ottawa continue to get better here. And I think maybe they pull one off here and surprise some teams a little bit and surprise some fans here a little bit. So give me Ottawa in this pick this week. 
Uh, Adam, where are you going? I've been debating this one, and I mean, this is this is truly the Henry Burris Bowl. I'm not sure which way exactly that I really want to go, but I think that the Henry uh, that was with the Stampeders, for some reason, I just I feel Ottawa is going to probably uh, cover, but I don't think they're going to win this game. I think Calgary will win the game. I think Ottawa is going to cover though at the moment, but that might change too because this one really is tough. Yeah, this one was tough, but if Ryan says outright, I, I do like that, you know, plus, we're going to talk about this odds, the plus 195, you know, you make some money if you put some money down on Ottawa to outright win it, man. So could be a good hunch there, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll stick with Calgary for now and you guys got Ottawa. I like it. I think mine comes down also if Kadeem Carey's playing. If Kadeem okay. Carey's playing, I'll probably go Calgary. If he isn't, it's Ottawa. That's fair. On to this one. Ooh, different odds again. I got different odds because I only put two games in officially on mine so far. I have Toronto minus one and a half, but Coolbet has them at minus two now. I'm gonna stick with Toronto at minus two. I I uh I'm still quite impressed about their two wins against a certain team that we won't mention on the show. And uh I think they're gonna roll into this one. But you know, I did like what you guys said. Uh this could be a couple, an extra home game for Hamilton, but I'm going to go with the Argos, Ryan. Yeah, I'm going with the Argos at minus two here, uh, as mentioned, provided by Coolbet. The other option for the best odds, if you want to take Hamilton in this game, is Hamilton at plus two and a half from Bet99. I like the Argos here. I think Trevor, or sorry, Andrew Harris gets uh, a lot more than seven carries this week, and I think that means a bounce-back game from the Argos here. So I will take them this week. But, boy, is it going to be difficult to pick between these two teams over the next month and and a bit here with all the head-to-heads. Adam, where are you going on this one? I'm going to go with momentum. I'm going with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I like the fact that Simone Lawrence is back for the Ticats. I like that the defensive line usually is very good against the run. Uh, they stopped James Butler for the most part. They stopped Jamal Morrow. They've stopped Kadeem Carey. Andrew Harris is just another guy. He'll stop him too if they have to. Now I'm a little concerned about the Brandon Banks thing. I think the Brandon Banks might have a good game, but he's one guy on the field. I think the Toronto Argonauts, I don't have much faith in McLeod Bethel-Thompson and maybe even less in Coach Dinwiddie. I think I'm going to still stick with, I'm going to be sticking with the Hamilton Tiger Cats on this one. I like it. And to the last game, whoo, it's, it's gotten smaller. It's gotten smaller. Uh, when it opened up on Monday, I think BC was plus 14, plus 13. It looked like an NCAA game when you get like Alabama playing some, uh, you know, smuck team from in the middle of nowhere. Ah, oh, minus 10 for BC right now and plus 10 and a half for the Elks. Hmm. <laughs> this was another one I hemmed and hawed at because I wanted to see how small this spread got before we got here, and it didn't get small enough. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm going to take BC minus 10. I, I'm, I'm not sold on the Elks. And watch Deron Carter get three pick sixes and a kick return and 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 win this game somehow, but I'm going to take BC minus 10. Adam? It's a two-possession game right now, and I'm very nervous about that a little bit because – I think that Edmonton's going to be more motivated to come back in this one uh, just because I don't see the defense uh, wanting to give up another 50-plus uh, point game. Uh, if you look at the over-under, 
I'd almost be tempted on one of those as well to say that it'll be on the under for some reason this game. That being said, I can't go against the BC Lions. They're just they're just too strong in offense right now. Uh, even if Edmonton brings every guy that they could find, brings some guy from Alabama or brings some guys from Appalachian State, I don't think it's going to help Edmonton enough. Uh, I think that they're going to probably win by at least two two full possessions, BC. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Lions. Ryan? I'm happy you both went first on this one. I'm happy you both went the same way because now I'm just going to copy you and I'm going to go BC as well because I took a look at this one this week and, and Trey, you sent us how wide open this was. And I, I started cursing already at that dang spread because that's where I struggle the most is when, especially on the big ones like this, I was tempted to go Edmonton because that's a big difference. Like that's a touchdown and a field goal we're talking about here between these two teams. But I do believe in Nathan Rourke. I do believe in the BC Lions. So I've gotten the spread wrong a couple of times here. I'm going to uh, go with the consensus here since my picks can't change the uh, overall consensus anyways. I will take the BC Lions here at minus 10 as well. Yeah, not bad. So we all agree Winnipeg as of now. Uh, we're split on at minus 5.5 Winnipeg. We're split on Ottawa and Calgary. You guys have Ottawa plus five and a half. As now, Adam said, pending the injury report, uh, you know, but and then Toronto and Hamilton, Ryan and I are at minus two on Toronto. Adam thinks uh, Oski Weewee is going to win that one plus two and a half. And we all agree minus 10 BC Lions are going to be feasting on the Elks. Uh, I don't have the exact numbers. Again, I keep forgetting, but I have one more win in the win column than you guys, but you guys are right on my butt uh, overall. So, yeah, you're making money if you go with any of us. And remember, don't bet the farm. Um, yeah, don't bet the farm on anything. Now, now in, the spirit of, in the spirit of betting, I mentioned I had a bet for you here yet, Trey. I don't want anything in return on the fantasy matchup, but if I'm going to put my fantasy title on the line here in a matchup against you, I want the title of resident betting expert on the line here for this week. I came out, I said Ottawa outright on this one. We differed on a few picks. I'm taking a big chance here. If I have a better record than you this week, at least for next week, I want the title of resident betting expert on the podcast. I can do that. Yeah. All right. I'm just going to be resident farmer. So just in case <laughs> still, I'm still here. Yeah. Hi guys. Just wait. I'll get my farm go. I'll get my farm simulator up and I'll get something good going on. Betting on farm simulator not recommended by any people anywhere <laughs> that's the only type of farm you're allowed to bet uh adam you said you had a you had a fun little uh thing, prop bet here this week as well yeah i was taking a look this afternoon and making a few bets i don't know why i was doing that but ah what the heck i thought i'd throw a few loonies and duties out and uh see what would hit and in the meantime i found a real doozy uh over on if i can just find it here real quick i believe this is on uh doo -doo -doo, oh, my brain is dead today uh near uh i think it's sports uh geez sorry guys give me one moment here and i'll bring that up here i just gotta find it exactly sports interaction yeah sports interaction that's right so sports interaction has a little bet here and of course they have to feed it over to the saskatchewan rough rider guy that uh they're giving odds on the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers going undefeated. Uh, I think it's a 26 payout is what it's called. So uh, if you put, I think, $10, you'll get 26 for every 10 that you put in, I think is how that works. Or 
26 for every dollar you put in on that one. Man, <laughs> anybody taking on that one? Or, uh, I mean, you guys are the Winnipeg fans. You guys might want to take in on that. I'm like, if I hit that button, I'm instantly ejected out of Saskatchewan. So, uh, Ryan, Trey, what do you think? That's an interesting one. As a better, that is one that do I think it's going to happen? Probably not, but you could always sprinkle a little in, right? If you have a couple, 10, 20 extra bucks, you know, close to some beer money. And I'm sure there's somebody out there that's a professional gambler putting 10 grand on that, hoping for it, right? And that it, that's what happens. You should see the UFC and big, great, big fights and stuff like that. The amount of people who put ten to $100,000 on something stupid and it comes out, it comes out, right? They're the richest person in the in their town for that week. Am I think it's gonna happen? No, it's not gonna happen. They're you know we're gonna rest. Even if they go, even if they go fifteen and zero somehow, they're gonna rest players. You know it's modern day era. There's not gonna be that. But as a betting person, yeah, I might eye that up. Might put some money down, Brian. Yeah, I'm not gonna go and put that down on uh, the second and third stringers from Winnipeg in the final couple of weeks of the season in a home and home series with BC who could potentially be in a tight race for the home playoff game with the Calgary Stampeders, and who knows how the rest of the West shapes out. We think Winnipeg's going to probably go on to finish first place in the West and have some rest, be resting some players at the end of the season. Uh, not guaranteed. I think there's still a lot to be played here, but if we get in a situation where they're not resting starters, that means we're not even having this debate at the end of the season anyways because it means they've lost some games along the way. So uh, I ain't putting no money down on that one myself. But, uh, hey, it's an interesting one. And uh, if it happens, uh, kudos to whoever uh, takes a chance on that one there. You know what, Chris? I put down like the 72 fins. No way. Uh, You're right. There is no way that this is ever going to happen in the CFL, an undefeated team. Uh, That being said, I guarantee there is probably about 15 or 20 or so Winnipeg Blue Bowler fans that have got the idea that they're going to win everything all throughout the year this year. And they'll be the three-time defending Grey Cup champion. And they will be immortalized in gold outside of IGF forever. I wouldn't bet the farm on that one, though, guys. I just, I I can't see the Bombers winning every game. Uh, Ryan? Yeah, I I, I don't think so either. And uh, when we say bet responsibly, that also means do not put everything down on a team going undefeated when it uh, is a very rare occurrence in sports. Uh, I think that does it here pretty much for our week nine preview here uh, for the CFL. Let's take a look at what's coming up next. Uh, Well, on Monday night, we'll be back uh, with our week nine recap. That's at 9 p.m. Winnipeg time, 8 p.m. Saskatchewan. Uh, if you're like Adam, uh, or uh, adjust to your other time zones accordingly. Uh, and then uh, same time, same place, back here again next Wednesday night, uh, 9 p.m. Winnipeg, 8 p.m. Saskatchewan, other time zones, of course, again, uh, for our Week 10 preview. Uh, can you believe that uh, double digits on number of weeks here already starting next week? Uh, of course, you can catch all of those shows and more live every week over on a variety of places, YouTube, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, uh, search the Canadian Football Countdown on all of those. Uh, you can also find us on the Game Time TV YouTube page, all made possible by our presenting sponsor, Game Time TV. Learn more at facebook.com slash gametimetvmb. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find the podcast on Facebook and Twitter at CF Countdown Pod. 
can find all the other great shows from around the Canadian Football Podcast Network at CF Pod Network on Twitter. Also, uh, guys, where can people find everything you've got going on these days? Uh, Trey, let's start with you. You can find me on Twitter at Trey MB Harness. I'm usually on there tweeting about horse racing and football. You'll see me this weekend, big horse race this weekend. You'll see me uh, going nuts on that. It's the Hamiltonian, a big one in East Rutherford, New Jersey. So you want a little inside tip here. Currently, five to one morning line odds. Canadian owned and bred. Warwizina goes for her eighth straight win. And if she wins it, she wins half of a million or I guess twenty two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in that one in the Hamiltonian Oaks. It's for three-year-old fillies. And later in the day, it's the Hamiltonian for the best three-year-olds in the well in North America in the harness racing world. So that's if you want to get into horse racing, not a bad weekend to do it. But Warwizina, I'm gonna be going in on that one. The Canadian horses always do well in these big races but yeah at trey mb harness if you want to talk usc football cfl nfl whatever uh we've been trying to we didn't do any star wars memes this week really adam uh might have to get back at it also yeah that's about it adam you yeah you can find me over at adam stewart one and also don't forget to also check out mike garrell he's at mike garrell or game time at game time tv mb i believe uh make sure you give him a check out too because he's got some great stuff over about CFL, NHL, and I wouldn't be surprised if he starts talking World Juniors here really quick because that's coming up here in about uh, five days' time. Uh, yeah, you can find me out over at Adam Stewart One. You can find me for uh, farm stuff. You can find me for CFL stuff. You can find me going and finding new hats, uh, like Richard suggested. I might just have to find one of those. Uh, you know what? Uh, yeah, come over and visit with me for a little bit. I guarantee eventually here, probably in about three, four weeks' time, you're going to see a pretty nice combine coming out and a lot of videos and pictures of it. Right? Yeah, you can find me over on Twitter, at CooperTrooper42. Uh, starts with a K, uh, talking CFL, CFL Fantasy. Uh, we talked about a number of players here tonight. If there's any others you've got your eye on for your fantasy lineup this week and you want to chat about what I think, uh, I'm honored, first of all, uh, and uh, you can tweet me, and uh, I'm happy to discuss anything CFL and CFL fantasy related there. Uh, I'm just excited for another week of shows here this uh, upcoming week. I'm very excited to see what our Wednesday night preview is going to look like, uh, who's leading the fantasy segment, who's our resident betting expert. Uh, lots up in the air on this week. So best of luck to you, Trey, in our matchup this week in, uh, in CFL Fantasy. Uh, of course, good luck to you as well, Adam, and uh, looking forward to lots of fun. Thanks to everybody who's joined us in the live chat here tonight. I've uh, gotten some great comments through. Lots of fun has been had. Uh, whatever podcast platform you're listening on, we always appreciate it. If you do all the fun things, such as like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share the show with your friends, help us grow the show. We always appreciate that. And on behalf of our entire panel here this evening, uh, Trey Colbeck, Adam Stewart, I'm Ryan Coop saying thank you for listening. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.